boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this Saturday morning, the 2nd of March, and what a great time it is to be involved in greyhound racing. It just seems to get better and better every week at the moment. Tonight we see the final of the Australian Cup at the Meadows and the Fantabale Stayers. So Ron Hawkswell will be joining me again this week to look back at some of the fabulous finals that we've had over the years. Debbie Coleman will be chatting about the scratching of She's Gifted in the Cup and John Finn will be talking about his chances in the Stayers final. What's making news around the kennels? Eight heats of the Australian Cup were run last Saturday night with the $250,000 to the winner final tonight. It's a huge night of racing with the Fantabale Superstayers, Country Championship Final, Vic Bread Maiden Final plus other features on the 11 race program. It's an extraordinary final with Shona Thompson, David Gill and Andrea Daly all having two runners engaged. The quickest qualifier was Bago Bye Bye, who was having his first start since December the 13th, who ran 29.54 and he's done most of his racing in New Zealand. Maya Redeemer will be aiming to join the exclusive club of two greyhounds that have won back-to-back cups. They are Tangaloa and Dinah Double One. And the eight runners tonight have also been paired with a local charity who will take home $10,000 if their chaser is successful. The other seven charities will take home $2,000 and that's all thanks to the Meadows Greyhounds Community Grants Fund. And due to the extreme temperatures we are experiencing, the Horsham Cup heats will now be run on Tuesday with the final next Saturday. We saw the fastest time for the year run at Sandown on Thursday night with Southern Ripple running a 29.19 and he's now on top of the Speed Star and the Gap Adoption Day is being held at Seymour Kennels today. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And my first guest this morning on Talking Greyhounds is joining us again. Ron, it was great to have you last week and great to have you again this morning. Yes, good morning, Simone. Good morning, everybody, and uh, great to be back, Simone, and uh, celebrating such a great occasion. Oh, your 36th calling tonight of the Australian Cup. Um, are you a bit nervous or are you just excited? Oh, no, pretty excited, uh, Simone, really. Uh, <laughs> you just wonder where the time goes, back to teeing in at 84 from there on in. Uh, um, the time's flown, but, yep, number 36 coming up tonight, and... Uh, 36 consecutive cup too. Yeah. It's it's an amazing record in itself. But, Ron, we're going to take a bit of a trip down memory lane and uh, listen to three of your calls and we'll have a quick chat about them. So let's listen to the 1993 Australia Cup with China Trip. Ready. Racing, Chintilla began okay, but China Trip was going very smartly indeed. China Trip and Bummer Gleeson into the first corner. They were followed by Denny's Host out wide, going to the back, and China Trip the leader. Two lengths to Bummer Gleeson, two or three to Denny's Host third. Then True to Do on the inside, Fiery Blue travelling tears for Harbour Blue and Chintilla at the tail. China Trip the leader about four lengths to Bummer Gleeson, then True to Do to the outside. Well back, Denny's Host, they turn. China Trip the leader. True to Do starting to flash down the outside. China Trip the leader. China Trip is won the Australian Cup. And Ron, China trip. Now that brings back some memories for me because at the time I was helping Alan Britton walk his dogs and he had Dinny's host in it, but it was my first Australian Cup final and it was China trip's second. Can you tell us about that night? Well, it was a fabulous night. Simone going into her second cup, of course, she won the previous year. I think she held off uh, Buca Sons at the previous year and, gee, you know, um, normally uh, true to do it, had the... Um, 
had the wood on China tripping on this occasion. She was able to get out the front and then Trudeau absolutely flew at the end. And I, I said she won, but you know, Trudeau had so much momentum. And I had a second thought. <laughs> I was just hoping I was right. Um, the way it panned out. She actually, um, she actually had a crack at three Australian Cups. Yeah. She won the, the Heat in uh, 94, then was injured in the semi final. So uh, she was a wonderful grade, of course, trained by Gary Ball and that explosive spur early. She had the, um, the brown jacket then, in those days it was brown. And uh, yeah, fabulous win. The only grade won two Australian Cups, a couple of had a had a crack at it, but she's the only one that's achieved that, and uh, she certainly stands out as one of the great winners. Oh, she sure does, and I look back to 1993, and I guess at the time I'd not long been involved in Greyhound, so I didn't actually comprehend the enormity of it. Um, just thinking, gee, $50,000 is a lot of money to win in a race, and it's not until years down the track and now, and I think, gee, how hard it is to win these races, but to do it twice, um, it's quite remarkable. Ron, in yeah, two thousand, it sure was in two thousand and one, um, the time of Brett Lee. Uh, this was another outstanding run. That blistering early pace he had. Let's take a listen. They're racing and Brett Lee began like a firecracker near the outside and goes across and takes the lead. Brett Lee two and a half to three to go while Teddy third. Dutchie's Angel out of the straight going out to the tailor's flood form but going down the back straight and Brett Lee is a cricket pitch in front about six lengths clear. Go while Teddy followed by Dutchie's Angel then Big Smig. Well back in the race came True King followed further back by Flood Fawn and then came Shirt and Pound Karama five but Brett Lee one of the greatest turns for home with an enormous advantage and Brett Lee wins the Australian Cup very easily indeed about eight lengths Go Wild Teddy second Dutchie's Angel third then True King followed further back by Big Smith and run by about eight lengths have we had another winner that's won by eight lengths recently I, I'm, I can't remember uh, not by such a big margin I don't think so Simone no it was, gee what an explosive turn of pace is great I think he had about seven or eight track records and he won that Australian Cup in, in, in fantastic fashion. He, he had the brown rug, which was number six. But it was the brown in those days. He ran 29.49, and as I said, he came out of the boxes as though um, catapulted and just he was never in doubt. And down the back straight, he was, he was flying on the lead, and you could see he was running some cracking time there. He ran 29.49. And he went on to, um, um, well, he, he won an Adelaide Cup in 28.88, which is unheard of, really. And as I said, he's. He held about seven or eight track records. He was a flying machine, certainly, and a very worthy winner of the Australian Cup in 2001. He sure is. Um, well, he was. He's he had 31 career starts, um, 31 wins, I should say, from his 39 starts. I mean, that's just an outstanding record in itself. But Ron, what I remember about the Brett Lee win, I think it was just his name. It just came along at the right time for the right dog. He started to bring people back to the track, didn't he? He really did, yes, with his namesake there and, you know, such an explosive greyhound with such great speed. A fantastic greyhound and a fantastic cricketer. Well, um, <laughs> you know, it was a great, a great combination. I think he uh, he won in four different states too. I think he had a seven or eight track records and won in uh, four different states. So, uh, yeah, he was he was certainly one of the great winners of the Australian Cup. And the, just in most the most recent of times, um, 2017, we saw a greyhound that we um, she gave us a glimpse of what she may have been going to do in the future, and um, none of us could have predicted what that was going to be. But the great Fanta Bale from Box Eight in 2017. Racing, lightning break, missed the start, and away very fast there. Fanta Bale going very quickly.
the out wide with Aston Bagiro. Out of the straight, it's pretty tight at that first turn. Getting through on the inside there, Fandabar lead narrowly tackled again by Aston Bagiro. Aeroplane Bobber's third, and they were followed by Monaro Minelli. Imminent reality, followed by Blaze and Bummer. Lightning Frank back at the tail of that machine. Off the back straight, Aston Bagiro, the leader. Railing up on the inside was Fandabar, and they're clear. Imminent reality, and Aeroplane Bob in the straight, and Fandabar goes for home. She's raced away to win the Australian Cup. Eminent reality, second, third, and Ron um up against Aston Bolero. We had a greyhound that was just pure speed in him, and Fanta that ended up being a middle distance and stayer. It was her th- third Group One win, but um, quite remarkable given that she wasn't one of those greyhounds that was just pure speed like your Aston Bolero. But she's just all heart. Yeah, that's right. And um, you know, as you say, what she wanted to do later was um, beyond comprehension, really. But. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a great win. We had a fantastic tussle, Aston Valero and also Fanta Barlow mm. dueling down the straight, and she was able to get over to the rails from an extreme draw. Fanta Bale and take uh, you know take the sip then behind Aston Valero, and uh, you know in a, in a real classic Australian cup, she in in great uh, in great fashion she went on to win in uh, in great style, and it uh, went on to become one of the greats in the grain industry. Oh, she sure has. Um, we don't forget her at all, of course, the Fantabale superstayers tonight because that's what she will be remembered by, her staying performances more so than her sprint. But Absolutely, was, yeah. She's won an Australian Cup. So yeah. It's a great achievement overall, isn't it? It was, and then went on to win nine uh, Group 1s in her career. But, Ron, it's always it's steeped in tradition. Look, we've always got hard luck stories. We've got great stories. But um, as a whole, the Australian Cup, have you got any quick little memories you can share with us? Oh, look, some wonderful greyhounds have won the Australian Cup. You know, there's uh, uh, greyhounds going back to 76, ODS. He was a wonderful greyhound, of course. He won the the Warrels at Sandy in atrocious weather conditions and came out and won the Australian Cup. He had the pink that year in 76 and won the Cup. Tangaloa, um, Melbourne Cup, Australian Cup. You know, mm-hmm. great double for Joe Hilly there. <clears throat> um, greyhounds like uh, Drop of Wine, as who in later years. Regal Post was a... A sentimental win for me because I knew um, Anne and Bill Solder very well, of course, being associated with the Cram and Greyhound Racing Club for so long. And to see Regal Post win the Australian Cup, that was an enormous thrill there. Uh, you know, who could ever forget the magic moments of Spread Eagle with Joe Pearl? Yeah. Looking, uh, you know, Spread Eagle high above um, going out of the line. And uh, the race was run at Sandown, of course, whilst we uh, made the shift from uh, Olympic Park to the Meadows and Ted Dole won it in great fashion. And, uh, 96, and down the trail grounds like Bogey Glee, the great Bogey Glee for Les Bain. You know, 405 was a, another very fast ground in pure octane, and in the years, it was good to see a Tasmanian back up. Wasn't last year, Hector and Bale, it's a fabulous race, the Australian Cup. It's really stood the test of time, and uh, it is one of the great uh, great events in greyhound racing, and it's a race that uh, every owner and trainer, I'm sure, would love to win. Oh, absolutely. I'd lo- just love to have a greyhound get into the heats, to be honest, <laughs> into the yeah, semis, right. let yeah, alone the final. Just to make the heats and get through, yeah. Yeah. It's a big thrill, Simone. It's a, it's a great race, and it's going to be a ripper this evening, too. Oh, it sure will be. So, Ron, uh, let's get to the pointy end. Um, your tips for the final. Well, what a great night of racing. Like, you know, some you know, fabulous races throughout the night. The country championship final, the Fantabelle Stars, worth 100000 the winner. The Australian Cup final, 250000 The consolation is a ripper, $20,000. But what a night of racing. Yes. Um, the Meadows are seeing The Cup race number six, look, where do you go? I knew it was going to hinge a lot on the box draw. And even after the box draw, I'm still not, um, not convinced. I'm not convinced <laughs> I've, I've tipped the right dog. Um, well, and you look at the markets, and you know some markets have poked the bear. The second reserve is the favourite. Yes. The race, you know. Um, 
So, look, I'm going my redeemer to win. I, I think he's drawn pretty well in box number two. Uh, great win to come from behind the flying shimmer breeze last week and uh, and nail uh, that grey end in the dying stages and train for David Gill is certainly riding the crest of a wave at the moment. I think Miss Buendamira, number eight, a very good greyhound, and she's got a great chance out there in box number eight. It's going to be going to be hard work. And for third, perhaps number one, Diana Patty. So I'll go two, eight, and one. My redeemer, Miss Buendamira, and Diana Patty. But I may well have missed the winner. Look, I haven't even mentioned last week's um, fastest winner. That was Bago Bye Bye, which yeah, yeah really uh, pulled a run out of the hat there with a, a 29.54 win, which is unheard of. And greyhounds like Deliver. You know, he's mixing distances. But last week, in saying that, you're in 507. Yeah. It's the first sweat. So, yeah. um, it's quite, you know, in, and, quite intriguing, isn't it? Oh, it really is. Look, I'm, I, I'm tipping my redeemer uh, on top to beat eight and uh, Miss Point of Mirror, one, Diana Patty, two, eight and one. And I think, uh, well, perhaps that, that, that's the way to uh, <laughs> to go. I think that might be the way to, <laughs> to go. I, I like Lagoon Pirate in race seven, number one. I think that might be a... Uh, a good bet for a the bet night, race seven, number one. Bet for the night. Well, Ron, look, it's been wonderful joining me again this morning or having you on the program. I um, really enjoyed listening to some of the replays of the former champion. So there'll be another champion crown tonight and you'll be there to call all the action. Thanks for your time. Thanks very much indeed, Simone. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. Well, Greyhound Racing can certainly have its highs and its lows and um, Debbie Coleman, the trainer of She's Gifted, is going through one of those lows at the moment. Debbie, good morning. It's great to have you on the show, but gee, what a disappointment having to scratch She's Gifted from the cup. Yeah, sure is, Simone. Just absolutely devastated. We're, you know, just shattered, but, you know, these things can't be helped sometimes and um, Foxy's health and well-being come first before any race. Absolutely, and that's a, a trainer talking from a true professional sense and not wanting to risk the greyhound, so uh, an absolute credit to you there. But Debbie, um, this is quite an unusual reason to have to scratch, isn't it? It's not that she's done a hock injury or something terrible in the runs. It's um, something that's been quite unexpected. Can you tell us what's happened? Yes, yeah, Simone, we were in the kennels um, the other night, um, the night before last actually, and just doing maintenance on a lot of dogs, you know, as we always do. And um, the air show at Avalon is on every two years and they've been practising, you know, for a couple of weeks. But um, we're reasonably close to the, the airport and the, the jets go over, the helicopters go over. But um, there was an almighty bang there the other night and quite a few of the dogs in the kennels got a bit upset and... Um, yeah, she's either, she's just hit the side of the, the kennel or she slipped on the, the petition that sort of keeps them, you know, between their bed and yep. the open space. Yep. And she's only got a, she's got two grazers, um, just beside, like on the hock. Um, and one's as big as a five cent piece, one's as big as a one cent piece, you know, it, it's really... You know, it's nothing. If we had another two or three days up our sleeve, she'd be fine. Yeah, yeah. We can't risk, you know, there's, you know, she's been too good to us. 
Yeah. And I guess, Debbie, at, at the anxiety, look, I, I know we've got a greyhound in the kennel because obviously we live close to you and we're under the flight path as well. And those booms that go off, they are they rock the whole of the, you know, the, the windows in the house and the house actually rocks and they rock the whole of Lara. Um, so I guess it's just that anxiety from the greyhound as well. And if she's feeling that stressed and worried and um, and it's going to continue, it's only going to heat up now over the weekend, Um you know, you don't know what sort of a state of mind she may be in if you did take her to the track tomorrow, let alone having the grazers on her leg. No, that's that's right. She's um, look, she's she can be a little bit over the top at times, but she's never ever done this. But to be there and and see the dogs do it was like Hiroshima went off with the, mm, the boom oh, that happened. Was there? Yeah, the, the cloud of smoke and everything else, and it was just. You know, we quickly closed the kennel doors and everything, but it was, you know, but as I said, you know, we've been, you know, four and five times a day icing her up and... Right. But, you know, like, she's saying she's fine, but to us, she's not right. No, and it's no use risking a greyhound that's only young. Uh, She's just turning three or just turned three when she has got probably a good 12 months of racing ahead of her in good group finals because it was an outstanding run in her heat and I guess that's what makes it more... Disappointing. You just know she was in there with a chance. Yeah, that's for sure. She's, you know, she's a courageous little thing. She's, um, you know, she does. She always tries hard out. Mm. We know if we put her around, that she'd try. But there's no sense in her going around and and not being you know, right. And not being right. You know, yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, it's um, a big race to us. It could be life changing to us, but. It's not worth her her no. well-being to put her around. No, look, Debbie, I can hear the disappointment in your voice and I, you know, I can only try and comprehend it myself. But, um, look, you, you're doing the right thing, um, but these things happen and it's just one of those downers of racing. So, look, I really appreciate you joining us this morning. I know it's probably not a great time to be talking and you probably don't feel like talking much about it, no. but I do appreciate you um, putting it out there. No worries. Thanks, Sam. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And my final guest on Talking Greyhounds this morning is Minnie Finn. I thought that John was going to be joining me, but it's Minnie instead. Good morning, Minnie. Good morning, Simone. A big night tonight. Two greyhounds engaged in the Fantabale Superstayers final. Of course, you've got Poco Dorado and Blue Moon Rising. It's going to be very hard to beat for any greyhound to beat Tornado Tears, but I think you've got two excellent chances in the race. Let's start with Poco Dorado. She's the queen of Wentworth Park, isn't she? Yeah, no, um, she loves Wentworth Park, but she's yet to do it in Melbourne. Yeah, she. It's surprising. Do you think it's perhaps the boxes that open a little bit differently, Minnie? That um, you know she may struggle a bit, but she seems to be racing well there. Yeah, the last two runs at the Meadows have been a lot better than what she did in the Bowl Trees um, Sand Down. But we're just putting it down to she's not getting down in the boxes there because there's a lot more wire in the front of them than Wentworth Park, where there's a bit less of wire and they've got to get down and come out. So she's just just missing the start there. She did begin well in the zoom top, though, didn't she? She had the red there, and um, it was an excellent race. She was caught wide as well. So she did get away to a good start there. She's shown she can do it. So perhaps um, third time or fourth time on the track, you might find her in front. Yeah, that's what we're hoping. We're just um, hoping that one day she will come out down there, because if she can come out, when she gets on the lure, she is a, a lot better ground. Oh, she is a superstar for sure. This is her 10th 
group final tonight. Um, she's been racing for quite a long time and it's probably hard coming up against Tornado Tears often as well. Yeah, that's right. He's very hard to beat. He's just an absolute superstar that can run 800. Like, and, um, yeah, he's very hard to beat again. He will be, but um, let's focus on your two. She's been a very sound chaser for you as well. She's almost three years old, but she's had 61 starts. So she obviously has had, you know, good preparations and recovered well throughout her career. Yeah, no, they've um, been very good, easy to train, always yeah, sound. And, um, yeah, she's been consistent every week. So uh, we we just keep her going because she wants to keep going and no injuries. If she gets an injury, well, that, that'll be her break. Yeah, it's it's quite a remarkable career. 61 starts, 29 wins and 18 placings. She sure is a model of consistency. And then you've got Littermate Blue Moon Rising and um, I think this greyhound, talk about consistency, he's Mr Consistency as well. Yeah, I don't think he's been out of a place in his last 15 starts or something. He's, yeah, he's a very good chaser. He sure is. 66 starts for him, 18 wins and 31 placings. And I think you're right, it was something like 15... A, a, did say, since the 1st of December, she hasn't missed either first or second placing, or he hasn't. Uh, that's quite remarkable. Yeah, no, um, he's, uh, since he stepped over the, up over the distance, he's been a, a um, marvellous dog for us. It was a huge run in the zoom top from him too. He was wide on the home turn. He almost got there. Um, it was his first look at the track, and then last week he came back and he won, and that was a, a, a top run as well. Yeah, no, he went he went really well last week. Um, this week, if he had had the two and she had had the seven, we would have been a little bit more confident. But, yeah, they boxed around the wrong way again this week. <laughs> oh, well. And you've come up against um, Tornado Tears. But he's been a handy sprinter as well. He's run a 29.58 at Wentworth Park. I mean, to do that over the sprint and to be doing what he's doing over the longer trip, um, he's, uh, it's a terrific litter, basically, you could say. Yeah, no, we can't complain that four in the litter that we've got and they've earned over 650000 So, um, no, they've been a terrific litter. So what's the plan, Minnie? Um, have you been travelling up and back the last couple of weeks to Melbourne? Yes, um, been going the morning of, morning of the race and um, just getting there at Kennelan and coming back there. Yeah. And the dogs well, obviously handle it well? Yeah, no, they're, they're the best kennel dogs and travellers we've ever had. They're so... They're so good, so you can do it with dogs like that. You know, if they were a bit mad and whatever, we'd go a bit earlier. But no, we did go earlier when they were racing at Sandown and that, and they didn't settle and whatever in other kennels and that. So we just thought, I'll just keep doing it the day of the race, and they seem to be going all right like that. Yeah, so with the box draw, like you mentioned, you're not happy with the box draw. How do you see it playing out for you, though? You, you want, obviously, both of them to get away to a good start like every other dog or trainer does in the race. But um, how do you see it sort of playing out, looking at the box draw the way it is? Uh, I think the, uh, like, you can't tip against Tornado because he's just a freak. But I think Double G's well boxed in the one. Um, he's going to get a good run. Especially with um, Coco in the two, she might shift up the track, so he might get plenty of room. And Black and Carla comes out really quick. Mm. Blue Moon Rising's going to have to have a lot of luck from out there to get across in the seven, and we have to be as close to the lead to be able to win because they're, you know, the Meadows at seven twenty-five. That's as far as they really want to go. 
Right, okay, yeah, 7.20 at Wentworth Park. But as we saw last week or two weeks ago, Blue Moon Rising, he almost got there, didn't he, um, with tornado tears. It was half a length, so that five metres can make a difference. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is. Um, yeah, the 7.25 is as far as they really want to go. They're not that strong. Right. Oh, well, let's hope, hope that you get away to a good start with both of these chases. And it must just be a big thrill um, to be in a final again. You've been very consistent as trainers with these greyhounds and Velocinero as well. Um, I can't think of the other one off the top of my head out of the litter mini, but um, you've done an outstanding job to be able to have them racing in group finals often. Yeah, no, um, they've been good, easy dogs to train and yeah, we just keep them going each week. Um, when they get, as I say, they get injured like two times twice. He had a whole injury and he was off for three months or something. Well, that was his break. But why they're racing good, John always says, you keep them going. Cause, you know, but we, we don't trial our dogs between races. Like I couldn't tell you when the last time they'd been trialled. We just free gallop them at home. So right. but 61 starts, instead of having 102 starts, a lot of people trial between races. Yep. We just free gallop at home up our straight. So, well, you're on a winning formula. So, um, all the very best tonight in the final with the two stayers. Yep, thanks very much. It's the expert pick, Simone's run of the week. Racing. And Tornado Tears first to begin to the inside out. The hurry there, Taken King. It's Taken King the outside end. Tornado Tears up and around the outside. Then came Book of Luck followed by Veloci Nero. Two lengths well then came Canley Jet. Racing well back in the race would have been Double G followed by Boom Down and five lengths Rip and Sam out of the straight and Taken King the leader. It's Taken King two in front. Tornado Tears in pursuit down the back straight and then came Veloci Nero to third followed by Book of Luck and then came Canley Jet over on the inside. Double G followed by Boom Down and tailed off as Ripple Sam coming up the back straight. Tornado Tears burst to the lead. Look at the champ going, accelerated on the turn. Shot clear now. Overtaken King of Lechidero. Tornado Tears in a breeze. Second home double G, followed then by Boom Down. Behind them then would have been at the head of the others, Ripple Sam. And then came Lechidero. And, and another outstanding run from Tornado Tears around. in the heat of the superstars in almost track record time. A- an absolutely brilliant run again. An honourable mention for run of the week also to poke the bear for a very gallant second behind my redeemer in a cup heat. Last week's dog to follow, She Will Bloom, hasn't had a start since her win Thursday week ago at Sandown, but still keep an eye out for her. My dog to follow this week is My Reflection, who's now had 10 starts for four wins and four placings, ran a 34-14 at the Meadows on Wednesday over the 600 metres in a heat and will be in a final next Saturday night. My best bet is race three, number eight tonight, Crack and Dust in the country championship final. It's only one of two dogs to have won on the track, and I know it can run the distance. It has run a 30.04 there before. Probably prefer near the rails, but can lead. And plenty coming up this week as well with the Horsham Cup heats on Tuesday and the final next Saturday night. And until then, like we always say here on Talking Greyhounds, you keep those tails wagging.